1: I got swine flu.
0: By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. My guest today is Chef Shannon Smith. And before we get to Chef Shannon, I have a few announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. And there you'll find photos of our guests, some stories that some of the guests have written, some stories that I've written, You can find links to their social media. You can find links to our social media, which is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Follow us on all those platforms, please. You can also find on our site links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're basically everywhere you get podcasts. So if you're listening on those platforms, I would hope that you would subscribe. And as always, I ask that you please give us a good review, a thumbs up, some stars, whatever it takes. It costs you nothing and it helps us because more people find the show with it. It boosts our presence and that's a cool thing to do. If you think you might be right for the show or you know somebody who might be right for the show, if you have travel questions, Questions you want to ask me? If you just want to tell me how awesome I am, you can write me at Traveltalespodcast at gmail.com. That is travel Tales at gmail.com. Okay, I recorded this episode on September nineteenth, which is the week before I left town to go to New York and Europe. Ah, oh, I have been waiting for this for a long time. So when this drops, I will either still be in Europe or have returned. Hopefully, I'll still be there. The first week and a half will be spent in Portugal. Yes, I'm making my triumphant return to Portugal. This time, going to Porto, which I've never been before. Hopefully, meet up with David from Expat Empire. And hopefully, Mike Savas, who was also a guest on the show. Both are in Porto. And after that, we'll zip on down to Lisbon for a little bit. Always enjoy being in Lisbon. And then, off to spend four or five days or so at Quinta Camarena, a couple hours south of Lisbon. The boutique hotel owned by Vera and Cam Camarena who are guests on this show, Going there for a little retreat. And I'm very excited, not only to see them, but to see a region of Portugal, I haven't been before, and to finally get back to Europe since the pandemic. It's been over three years since I've been to Europe, and that's just too long for me. I'm going to say it. I miss it badly. After Portugal is still a little bit up in the air right now. I have a loose itinerary in my mind. But you'll hear all about it when I get back. Hopefully, I'll have some amazing travel tales to share with you. And speaking of Portugal, it just so happens that in interviewing Chef Shannon Smith, we're going to be in Portugal around the same time. She's heading there soon as well, and she's going to go up to uh, San Sebastian in Spain, hopefully meet up with former guest of this show, Marty Buckley, a fellow chef who lives in San Sebastian. And I'm going to try to hook them up so they can hang out and see, look, this is not just a podcast. We are a glue that holds people together. Six Degrees of the Travel Tales podcast. Anyway, Shannon Smith is a chef who's based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She's an Oklahoma native and wasn't really trained so much as a chef, but kind of taught herself and her love of food and love of travel combined to where now she travels around the world. She's been to over 50 countries. She's currently writing a cookbook and food is really kind of her focus when she travels. We talk about a lot of things, her love of places like India and Mexico and the various regions and their foods there the craziest thing she's ever eaten and i'm still amazed she hasn't gotten food poisoning either that or she's lying to me but whatever it is <laughs> it's uh it's pretty amazing so if you want to follow shannon and her adventures around the world you can follow her at chefshannon.com and she's chef shannon smith on instagram she's been to some amazing places has great video and photos and certainly if you like eating as much as i do it makes you hungry looking at the site so i enjoyed meeting her and talking to her and i hope you enjoy my chat with chef shannon smith Shannon Smith talking to me from beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's mid-September. What is the temperature in Tulsa
1: uh, today? It is a hundred degrees.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yes, it's now, terrible. Oh, still, we've huh? had
1: one of the hottest summers on record here in Oklahoma. Of course, I know the rest of the world kind of is saying yeah. the same thing.
0: Sadly, I think we're all ha- going to have to get used to that.
1: I think so too. Uh, then, then they're predicting that we will have one of the coldest winters. So, yeah, that's what we have to look forward to.
0: So extreme climate change. Yeah. What are the odds? If only someone had warned us.
1: <laughs> the good thing is Oklahoma has four seasons, and we have four fabulous season. So I'm, I'm thankful for that.
0: So you are a native Oklahoman, correct?
1: I am. I've lived here my entire life.
0: Okay. And would I any, love it. Would any of us know the town you grew up in?
1: Uh, probably not. I grew up <laughs> in a little tiny town called Tuttle. It's in the southwest part of Oklahoma. It's a little ranching town. And um, I had a wonderful childhood there living on a ranch. But I've been in Tulsa for about 34 years now.
0: So how does one go from Tuttle to being this world-renowned chef?
1: Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, And it really does go back to Tuttle High School. I had an amazing home economics teacher named Miss Craig, and I had her all four years of high school, and I wanted to be her when I grew up, and she was this woman that taught me how to cook and how to sew and how to be a homemaker, basically, which is what home economics is. And back in the 80s, you know, it was a nerdy thing to do. But I went on to get a college degree in home economics and, but my passion was sewing. And I was, uh, I started sewing when I was a little girl. And that was my first career. I did that for about 12 years. I ended up getting married uh, in graduate school where I was studying design. And he moved me to Tulsa. So I started this sewing business. And then, due to circumstances that were unfortunate in, in my marriage, I ended up. Uh, needing to change careers, and that's when I went on to the cooking side of home economics, if you will, and fell in love with it. And and really, what happened was I was offered a job teaching underprivileged kids how to cook nutritious meals, and this was in a an apartment complex here in Tulsa. And I I've always wanted to be a teacher, like Miss Craig, and so it was. I was well into my adult years before I became a teacher, and you know teaching these kids and unwed mothers in a, in different, um, shelters. And, and I, I loved it. And, I, and that's one thing I, I have a passion for, you know, impoverished people who, um, have skills and want to use them. They just don't have someone to teach them those skills. So anyway, it went on from there and I started traveling, uh, with my second husband. And that's when, uh, I got very serious about, um, being becoming a chef and traveling the world, and uh, and I've been to fifty two countries now. And my career in cooking is um, I'm really trying to um, get better at that all the time.
0: Right. I mean, that's, you have that's a, a uh, short answer. <laughs> that's the short one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have uh, you have a book out now, right?
1: I don't have a book out yet. It oh, I'm is, sorry. I I've, been, I've been working on a book okay. for about for three years. It's a cookbook and a memoir of, of travels. Each chapter will cover a different place where I've been
0: mm-hmm. and, and f- all the
1: stories about the people I met along the way.
0: Now, when you go to a new uh, country or any other uh, country or, or new environment, is it mostly I mean, how much of it is your personal preference of wanting to see certain sites or do things and how much of it is food based? Like you want to go see a region's cuisine and learn from them.
1: You know, it has evolved into um, my desire to really learn about the food and learn the culture and meet those people that can um, that can teach me the recipes they grew up with that will show me the land where the food is grown. And and it evolved the way it evolved to that was when I started traveling to these wonderful places. And this was with my husband at the time um, I was doing all the, the trendy touristy things, which are great, you know, going to the museums and all that. But I was, I would see the natives and the people that live there and, and, I'm thinking, you know, here I am staying in these wonderful hotels. And, and for me, I wanted to meet those people. I want to, I want to meet those people that work there and that cook there. And so I started researching and just talking to people. I, I make friends very easily. And, and so I would just ask questions and get them to teach me. And I've, been very, very lucky over the past 15 years meeting people that love to teach me the food that they know.
0: Now, as a chef, do you have some kind of specialty like you're known for? Like, this is your thing. This is Chef Shannon's thing.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I know a lot of cuisines, but probably the, the one that, I'm, that raises the most eyebrows is probably my love for Indian food. I actually, I have a tandoor in my backyard. I actually have seven grills in my backyard. I love to cook with fire. Oh but, man, seven uh, I grills? Do. Yes. And man. that, of course, that goes back to my love for South American food also. But but back to Indian, you know, I, I do a lot of Indian um, dinner parties and pop-up dinners and things like that. And I think if you saw me, you know, what I look like, you, it's probably unexpected that I would know so much about indian food and would you know stick my <laughs> stick my hand into a tandoor and make naan you know for hours and so that's probably the one that's i'm probably most unique for.
0: Wow, yeah, i didn't have you pegged for indian food. I was going to think barbecue right off the bat. seven grills i'm not too far off.
1: Right, but barbecue <laughs> is a whole different art. I know oh, it is. I, I do not claim to know how to barbecue. Although the term barbecue of course in as we call it in America, is the the slow cooked meat with all the sauce and things. Whereas in England and Australia, the barbecue is the grill. So that's yeah. where you're. So depending on what you're talking about, and I know I know you're referring to American barbecue, but I do yeah. not specialize in that at all. I'll leave that to the experts.
0: <laughs> Have you been to India?
1: Yes, I've been to India three times.
0: Okay, so I was there yeah. for three weeks, and uh, I love Indian food but you did. And I have a strongest stomach, but I did get sick after two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you do, how did you, I'm
1: sorry but you know, I, I wish I had a piece of wood to knock on right now, but I don't get sick. And oh
0: my gosh. I wow. honestly, I
1: just, I had think I say I have an iron stomach and <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that I can't get sick, but I've been very lucky and I eat Really, anything that's put in front of me because I. But Indian food, you're, and a lot of people think Indian food is it's all spicy, and it's not. No. Um, you know, India is just like any many other countries or any other country really. You know, they've got regions. It's a massive country, and different. There's different food all over. And, you know, depending on, you know, whether on their coast or the mountains or in the desert, and you know the the people that live there and the religion and all of that influences the food. So it's not all spicy.
0: No. What my problem was the opposite, you know, cause I love spicy food and mm-hmm. I wanted the authentic thing. And I think they kept dumbing it down for, you know, whitey. And right? uh, they, they, were, they were like, no, I kept telling them, no, I want what you eat. And right. uh, they, they wouldn't make it hot enough. And so I had to go, I finally went to a, a mall food court in, in Mumbai and finally got one you know, that was hot enough. And it was like, okay, I'm sweating here. This is what I was looking for.
1: Right. They are but, surprised when they see Americans <laughs> right. wanting It's the same in Mexico. They, yeah. um, they can't believe that we want spicy food and they're not, they really don't want it very no, spicy.
0: Thailand. I had the same problem. They kept, you know, they saying, you sure? It was like, yes, I know this food. Yep. I love it.
1: Yep. I'm um, the same way.
0: Yeah. So if you, um, went there Were you on a media trip or were you just traveling as like a, a tourist?
1: I was traveling as a tourist slash researcher, um, you know, to act, the first time I went was 10 years ago. And I went to meet a friend of mine from actually that lives in Rome. And she was doing these gourmet tours. And I had met her in Rome and, and had cooked with her several times. And she convinced me to go with her to India. And so I was meeting her there in Goa, which is in the South.
0: Yeah, I spent a week in Goa.
1: Did you? Yeah. I, I enjoyed Goa. I mean, that was my first, you know, and that was back when I had just started traveling alone. And that was my first, uh, actually, it's my second trip to go by myself. I ended up arriving 24 hours before my friend and her friends got there. So I, by accident, I land in Goa at 3 a.m., which is when you land in Goa and uh, realized I had nowhere to go and that my friends were not arriving until 24 hours later, till the next flight the next day. So um, that was a actually turned out to be a great experience um, because I finagled my way to finally get to the guest house, you know, like three hours later with no one speaking a word of English. <laughs> and. Uh, the next morning, I met a, a gentleman at the breakfast table from England, and he and I spent the whole day together. He showed me how to get to the beach, and um, then we became friends. And then by the time my friends got there, I was rested and had already met everyone. And so that, that was my first trip was in the South. Uh, I spent a week there just uh, just focusing really on the food. And then I returned uh, a couple of years later and went to um, um, New Delhi. And to do that, I hired a guide. And it was a gentleman who spent about six days with me, uh, taking me all around. And he, was, he is actually his, an historian who works for the Indian government. And when I told him I wanted to focus on food He didn't realize what he was getting into once I arrived, because I said I'm really serious. I want every opportunity to try anything you can show me in New Delhi. And so we ate uh, street food and, and all kinds of food. He introduced me to several of his friends who we got to cook in their homes at the end of that trip. He said, I have never eaten so much in all my life, you know, as I have with you. And he and, and he said, you've inspired me to get in the gym because I could never do this, you know, the way you're doing it. And uh, so it, I he and I became friends. And a year later, I met him in uh, Rajasthan, which is a, a different state uh, in the north. And he spent another week with him touring that area. And by that time he knew what he was in for yeah. and, and had told the chefs ahead of time, you know, this lady's, you know, <laughs> wants to eat at all. So, uh, I learned a lot on those three trips in India and, and I love India. I, you know, a lot of people don't want to go, they're afraid to go, or, um, they're afraid of getting sick because a lot of people, I think just can't handle, handle it very well. But, you, you know, if you're careful, and, uh, you know, you, you can, and it's a beautiful country to visit. And I really encourage yeah. people to do it.
0: Well, I always tell people it's, uh, India is, is a land of extremes, you know, it's, it's extreme beauty and, you know, mm-hmm. it's still after I've been to almost a hundred countries and, you know, it's still the worst poverty I've seen It is anywhere. So, I mean, you get the ups and the downs of everything it's, and, and it's it, all it's in your true. face.
1: <laughs> it's all in and, your and, face. A, and a, a lot of people can't handle seeing that kind of poverty either. I remember no, my grandmother. It's
0: hard, you know. It's hard.
1: When I was a child, my grandmother uh, went to India with with my grandfather on a trip they had won through their business, and she came back just nearly in tears. So that was just a terrible place. She can. She was a very um, elite and proper woman, and it was really bothered her. She thought it was dirty, and she and so I had this this vision in my mind of what India looked like. And she wasn't that far off, Mm -hmm. but, but it made me want to go even more. I thought I want to see this for myself and I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, uh, I took a food centric tour there as well. It was, you know, in a group like 12 people and stuff, but I remember we went Mm -hmm. to this restaurant, it was a big restaurant, but I had never seen so many people working a kitchen in my life, you know, because when you have nothing but people labor is very cheap. So there was like right. 50 bus boys. There was like, you know, 30 chefs. There was, It was unbelievable how many it people. It is.
1: And in India, they actually have a, they have a phrase, and I can't say it in Hindu, which is the language they speak, but it translates to guest is God. And it applies um, in many aspects of their lives, but very much so in the hospitality business which is why some of the best hotels in the world are in India because they have this philosophy that a guest is as revered and respected as they revere God himself and their in their religion. And they, and it really comes across. And I experienced that a lot with the people that, that taught me they, and and the places that I stayed, I stayed in some wonderful places, particularly in Rajasthan uh, that were palaces, um, trans, uh, that had become mm-hmm. hotels, and many of those royals still lived in part of the hotels but um I love that philosophy if you 've ever watched the um hotel Mumbai or hotel yeah uh, yeah M- hotel Mumbai is that the one uh where they had about the bombing, in, oh
0: yeah yeah, In the
1: hotel at the Taj hotel in Mumbai, and that um It comes out about how much the people that worked in that hotel wanted to protect their guests Hmm. um, on that, on that tragic night. And maybe I think of the hundreds of employees at that hotel, only maybe two actually escaped and they were all given the opportunity that, you know, they said, you can leave and, you know, to protect, go home to your families, but they stayed to protect the guests of the hotel. It's a fabulous movie to watch.
0: One thing about, Indian food, which you know, I didn't realize because I didn't eat meat the whole time I was there mm-hmm. and which was easy. But you forget that you think, you, oh, I'm not eating meat. And I didn't really I, I had mostly bottled water and, and tea and, and beer. That's basically what I yeah. had. Uh, but uh, most time when I travel, I lose weight there. I didn't lose any weight <laughs> because you forget that Indian food is pretty heavy. Like that, like the sauces and the, they cook with a lot of that. Is it ghee? That ghee,
1: yes, is which is butter.
0: It's, it's lard, basically, pretty much.
1: Yep. It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's butter. Heavy. It's heavy. And, they, and, and, and and cream.
0: Yeah, and you're eating a lot, a lot of, of non-bread <laughs> and rice, so you're carving it up. And I'm just like, oh, man, I didn't gain a lot of weight, but I, I thought, well, I'm going to eat lean. I'm going right. to have no meat. And then, nope, nope.
1: It, it can be very rich. And again, it depends on, yeah. you know, where you are in the country, but yes, it can be, I mean, that's why you don't see a lot of thin people uh, really <laughs> there. Either.
0: Well, yeah. Well, so tell me, um, where's another place that you traveled to that really blew you away? Like you just, you weren't expecting to affect you as um, much as it did.
1: I would say another country uh, that impressed me and people that, I think a lot of people are surprised, maybe not so much now because it's their cuisine is coming out and becoming more popular, but that would be Israel. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I've, I've been there five times and the first two, uh, I went, you know, with a group from a church to learn, you know, the biblical history and did that whole thing. And that was great, but I was ready. To, I'd had enough of that, but the whole, but honestly in those hotels, the buffet, the breakfast buffet, I'll never forget, you know, the salads and the fresh ingredients and the the yogurts and all that. I was fascinated by it. And so what I did was um, ended up emailing and texting, which is how I connect with people in other countries where I don't know. And I said, does anyone know someone in Tel Aviv who will take me around and teach me about Israeli food. And I ended up getting connected with um, a couple of people ended up going three times and learning so much about Israeli food culture, which Mm -hmm. is a, I hate to use the word melting pot, but it really is such a, or a fusion of so many cultures, Uh, all these countries of people a surrounding and, you know, because these Jewish people, you know, all came back to Israel. And, you know, at the end of 1959, when they became independent, and they brought with them their ingredients and their, um, their customs and their recipes, and they're all blended together now in this wonderful country of Israel. And the markets, the ingredients you can get are just, um, it's incredible.
0: Well, also, people don't realize that you know, there's it's a pretty diverse place with like, there's Africans, there's Europeans, there's, yes. you know, people from all over the place there. So, yeah. And Muslims and
1: right Christians them, and, and, and Jews,
0: atheists and right. <laughs> everything else them. there.
1: And so, in Tel Aviv, they all it's very Tel Aviv. Is very different from Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. Jeru-
0: I've, I've been there. Tel Aviv's uh, a party yes. town, man. I was it uh, is. I, I it, went to a comedy is. show there and it didn't start till like one in the morning. We were there till like three for yeah. the late show. It was it was late. It was late. Yeah. Jerusalem's a little late. more serious. Jerusalem's it a little is. more uptight and serious. But yeah, Tel Aviv is a beach party town.
1: It is. And it's a beautiful city, really. Yeah. But um I I get up and would go, I'm a walker. Um, and I that's my one of my favorite things to do when I travel is to get up at, early in the morning and walk the cities before all the merchants and the people are out. That's a great time to see a city. And but uh, Tel Aviv is a good place to do that, to watch all the markets opening and and well, the bakeries and things.
0: We're going to start a holy war here. Uh, who has the best hummus? Because the Israelis will fight you and then the Lebanese will fight you. It's about true. It, and, then, and then, you everybody. know, well,
1: because I haven't been to Lebanon, I have to okay. say Israel.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, how about anywhere else in the Middle East? Have, have you been to uh, like um, Egypt
1: or anything? I have not been to Egypt. I've been actually studying on that because I'd love to go. And I heard on one of your episodes that you had been.
0: No, I haven't um, been. I haven't been to oh, Egypt. I thought, it's on my list. No, okay. I've been to Jordan. You talked
1: about it. Yeah. I have been to Jordan. Right. Because you've been to Petra. Yeah. Yeah. And I have done that. And I've been to Dubai. Um, but that's the only really Middle East uh, where I've been. Uh, I I just recently read that Saudi Arabia is really working on becoming a tourist destination, which I think is interesting.
0: It's interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get, yeah. Well, ev- everywhere can be a tourist destination. It's just you know the ease of getting there and how welcome people feel, and that's right. You know, that the kind safe, of thing.
1: Pe- making people feel safe.
0: Yeah. Um. So you never had a? Uh, did you ever work in a restaurant, or did you want to do? Open your own place, or do you have a place?
1: I do not have, have never worked in a restaurant other than just being a um, guest chef. And I've done that quite a lot where I go into a restaurant uh, for the night and do like a pop up dinner. What I mostly do, I've been teaching, I do teach cooking classes, uh, but mostly what I'm doing now is these pop up dinners, and I do them at my home. I have a, a beautiful backyard. And I can seat 30 people. And these dinners are all focused on a cuisine from from the world. And it's always a place where I have been and where I have cooked. For example, I have not been to Japan, so I would not do a Japanese dinner. But I do, for example, next week, or actually this week, Thursday, I'm doing, it's called a night in Morocco. And so I have 35 guests coming and I'll do a six course dinner. Um, served in tagines and it's all um, you know based on Moroccan food and I do that a lot those are that's what I enjoy very much I do I do them around the country also I do a lot of uh, charity work where I uh, people purchase these types of dinners in um, auction live auctions and then I go and and do them in people's homes but I prefer to do them in Tulsa in my home in Tulsa and uh, kind of make it a. Des- I'm hoping to make it a destination spot, particularly when the book is over, because or the book is complete, because the the point of the book um, is to show these are the places I've been, these are the recipes that I'm sharing from those places, these are the stories of the people I met, and now you can come to Tulsa, and to and to my own table and let me do this for you.
0: That's great. Well, I might be there in November. So i well, will have to stop in.
1: I would love to cook for you.
0: Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, is there a per, a part of cooking that you don't dig, like maybe baking or something like that? It's just like, that is not my.
1: Yeah. That's a good jam.
0: question.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth and okay. um, which people are say, Oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, well maybe, but I love fried food and I love cheese and Um, I love wine and all those. It's not that I don't, it's not a, it's just a preference. I don't care for it. So I don't bake a lot. Um, I, of course, these dinners, I always prepare dessert. I just finished an ice cream an orange ice cream for the Moroccan dinner, but I don't particularly enjoy baking. Uh, I also say I can, I don't make pretty cakes. I make delicious cakes. So (laughs) So, no, I don't. I don't care for baking that much. OK,
0: so we won't see you on the big bake off or anything no. coming up. OK, no. <laughs> uh, where is your next trip planned? Where are you going to head?
1: Well, uh, I just got home last night from Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I don't know okay. if you've been if you've not been there.
0: I've been to Al- Albuquerque, but I mean, really around Taos and Santa Fe are like the only places I really, really in the country that are really on my bucket list. I really haven't been to that area.
1: Oh, you, you must go to Santa Fe. It's, it's its own unique place in the Southwest. I uh, grew up going there and was, I was just there over the weekend working on some research for the book because I have a whole chapter devoted to Santa Fe, New Mexico. But next Tuesday, I'm leaving for Rome, um, Portugal, and Spain. I'm going to
0: be in Portugal. We'll see you there. Yeah, I leave. um, Well, when is this coming out? Uh, It doesn't matter. By the time this comes out, I will have uh, I will be in Europe when this comes well, out. But uh, leaving a, the 26th, we we'll, should we should be in uh, Portugal through well, like October. I'm 5th. leaving
1: the 27th. All so, right, we'll see you there. Yeah, I'll wave at you. I'm I'm meeting my British bestie. This sure. is a a woman in, um, in that lives in England, and I met her on that first trip to India ten years ago. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, she is also a single woman, and she loves to travel. And she's a, a fabulous cook. She's a, a uh, lives on a farm in Suffolk, so she's this proper English woman. But she's just so funny, and we <laughs> just clicked. And so every year we would meet somewhere in the world, and and just kind of travel around. Wow, and then, yeah, but you know, of course, when COVID hit, we weren't able to. So I haven't seen her for three years. Mm-hmm. And our last trip was in Portugal three years ago, oh, and we loved we loved it so much that we said, you know, we got to finish this. So we're going to rent a car and drive, which nice. I have I have not done in a in a foreign country before. Really? So uh-huh.
0: okay. Well, at least this one's on the uh, on the left side of the or the right side of the road.
1: That's right. And she yeah. told me she said, Shannon, I can't drive. You have to do it. And I said, Well, I will. And Of course, I'm getting a stick shift.
0: Yeah, uh, which I'll I grew that.
1: up. Well, I you know it's been years, uh, so I'm gonna practice a little bit before I go. Uh but we're You're gonna a end country
0: up. Country gal. You drove oh, a stick shift before. Right. Come I, on. I, I drove
1: a tractor. Driving I your drove four by fours you and your
0: tractor. I know. Yep. okay. The
1: Ford pickup, you bet sure. yeah. Dr- yeah. Dragon Main Street. <laughs> you bet I know how to drive a stick shift.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. No, that's great. No, uh yeah, I'm gonna be in uh, Porto, Lisbon, and then we're going to a um uh, a boutique hotel. Um
1: in not Lisbon far. or t-
0: just south of oh, Lisbon, outside. like two hours two hours south of Lisbon. Oh that's so between Lisbon area. and the Algarve, yeah. In um Alcantar Alcantara area. Whatever.
1: Yes. How do you like I Portuguese know. cooking? I love it. I it's it's delicious food. I but I am partial to San Sebastian, Spain, which is where we're going to end up.
0: That's the was, foodie, that's the foodie it, life, huh?
1: It is. It I was there in April. Um so I'm, I can't believe I'm doing it twice this year. But, you know, and it's very similar, Portuguese and and Spanish yeah. food is similar and then of course the Basque region of Spain is even more unique to me. Um, So I'll I'll get my fill of Portuguese food and wine uh, and then, and port, (laughs) port, of course, a lot
0: of port. Then you get Spanish food and wine. That's right. Yeah. Did you hear my interview with Marty Buckley?
1: I did. And I was um, excited to hear that interview because I had, I already had her book and I used it as a, I've used it as a reference for my own work. And so it was a very interesting interview that you did with her. I, oh, I loved, you. I loved that.
0: Well, hope you can contact her in some way and uh, hopefully meet up with her.
1: I d- I thought about that because she, oh, Sa- she lives in San Sebastian. So I may yeah, do that.
0: She's the person to know food right. wise up there. So yeah. no, definitely get a hold of her. If you need her uh, email, uh, I'll give it to her. Okay. And then you can you. blame me for invading. She can blame me for invading her privacy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> what, great. What, uh, is there a country you went to or region that you had big hopes about and then you got there and it was like, nah, I'm not, uh, it didn't blow me away. Like I hoped.
1: I, I do. I have, and I need to go back and, and change my perspective. Um, I went to Istanbul and this was with, uh, this was with my British friend and a couple of other friends. And honestly, I, I was not that impressed. Um, it was extremely hot and I've never seen so many tourists ever. Yeah, um, And I loved the, you know, the grand bazaar, the spice bazaar and, and the Turk, I love Turkish food and I cook a lot of Turkish food, but I just um, didn't feel welcome there. And, uh, and, and I hate to say that because I have Turkish friends that, you know, can't believe, you know, like that, that this happened, but I just didn't, feel like I needed to go back. But the more I, the longer it's been, I think, you know, I, I do want to do it again. And I really want to see more of Turkey.
0: Yeah. yeah so I think I'll
1: get, I'll give him a second
0: chance. I'm sure getting out of um, Istanbul will probably be a different vibe. You know, any yeah. big cities are going to be a little colder and a little rougher, right. especially ones that see a million, like you said, a million tourists every summer, and then they're yeah. just tired of them, you know? Right.
1: <laughs> and, and I get it. I get it.
0: Yeah. But there you know, is a temperament I, too as well. I mean, I went to a, a soccer match there in Istanbul and it was uh it was rough. And I mean yeah. I saw I mean just in small towns I saw fights on the street. It was it was like a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I can't uh I don't want to disparage, but yeah, I got a little bit of well a,
1: good because a vibe. Most, pe- most people don't, you know, they had a different experience than a, a more yeah. positive. I'd experience. give it another
0: shot for sure, but yeah. I would uh yeah. I'd like. This. It's a big country too, so to see. It a is lot a big it.
1: country. We can't yeah. just say we can't just use yeah. Istanbul as our.
0: It's like I went to New York City, so I saw all of America. Right. No, you didn't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. What I love is when people say they went to Las Vegas. That's the only city oh. they did in the U.S. And I'm like, that's that that's the not the U.S. Thing? Yeah, <laughs>
0: don't paint us with that brush, please. <laughs> right. So was your family? big travelers? I mean, did you, you talked about, was it your grandmother who went to India long ago or was it, uh, somebody else, but did take trips as a kid. Did you ever leave the country?
1: When I was a kid, we always did a road trip vacation every summer. So that was, uh, just around the U S so I got to see a lot of the United States that way, but my grandparents traveled a lot abroad. And this was back in the seventies. So that was a big deal. And oh, yeah. they would they would send um, all the grandchildren, you know, souvenirs. I remember they went to Hawaii once and sent a mail, mailed a coconut. And <laughs> our address was written on the coconut. And so I always thought that was so um, elegant. And what a, you know, it was this dream of mine that I could do that like my grandmother did. And, uh, you know, she was, she enjoyed some of it she didn't have quite the adventurous spirit that I have she (laughs) she, I'm sure that she I I I do say that I'm kind of her spirit animal because we have so many similarities in our uh, throughout our lives and the hardships that we've endured but um, I'm sure she's looking down and hopefully very proud that I've gotten to fulfill the dream of travel uh, that that I've always wanted
0: so, for those of us who love travel, and especially for you who loves travel plus entertaining big groups, how did you handle uh, COVID and the lockdown? And uh, how did you get through it?
1: Well, you know, it was it, it was it benefit it was a benefit to me in many ways. And then it, I had it some struggles there too. Um of course I had to cancel a lot of trips like I know you did too and a lot of people did. Um uh, but I was I did a lot of Zoom uh cooking classes. Uh during that time I did a lot of writing and researching and and cooking but I wasn't, you know, in Oklahoma we weren't quite as strict as a lot oh, of the other a lot of the other states <laughs> yeah. and we we could get out and uh so really it didn't change that much for me. And I did, I, once I was able to uh, travel to Mexico, that's when I realized that realized I could go to Mexico and went five times and studying food, all different areas of Mexico. And so that was something that I may not have ever done had COVID not happened because I was, you know, going other places. So that was a, a benefit for me. Uh, I, I, did have a COVID divorce. I got divorced oh, during COVID. So that was, you know, and, and it's all worked out for the best. We're still good friends and we just, you know, ended the marriage. Uh but so I had that to deal with during COVID. But but that also freed me up, you know, you know what to to be able to travel much, much more. And I have done that.
0: Yeah. So we I mean, were very lucky to move or to live next to Mexico in terms of, like, we could be stuck next to a country with bad food. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. luckily, their food is amazing. And what people don't realize about or most people don't realize about Mexico is how diverse the uh, cooking is and how diverse the country is and between Dennis. the north and the south. And the, the food is very different in certain areas. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it's right. Amazing. And you know, the Mexican food now you're in California, so you probably get We're some really them. authentic Mexican <laughs> yeah. food, yes, yeah. Um, here, you know, not as much. I mean, we we have you know food trucks and all that, that which is wonderful. It's a lot but, of Tex Mex um, there, right? There is, but I stay away from that. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but you know, in, Americans as a whole are not, I should say, non Mexican Americans don't realize that the Mexican food we are introduced to or that we think of is not really what they're making in Mexico. And, you know, I, I was just there uh, last month and my friend said, you know, Shannon, we don't have um, crispy tacos here. You know, that's just not a thing. And, you know, in America who came up with that? And, you know, of course, nachos. Now I will say nachos is my favorite food in the world (laughs) and it's not Mexican.
0: No, yeah.
1: (laughs) But, you know, but back to Mexico, I just, I have such an appreciation for their cuisine and for the people, the hardworking, uh, people, uh, and the, I, I, got to meet some amazing, uh, women, uh, through all throughout Mexico and Mexico city and, and other little tiny villages that, uh, taught me a lot, uh, not just about food, but about the strength of women.
0: How's your Spanish these days?
1: Oh, I, it's terrible. I can't I speak no Spanish.
0: <laughs> not even a <laughs> little, I, not even kitchen Spanish, as we say. Oh, in the I can, restaurant well, business.
1: I, no, I can read a menu. That's about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I have a great friend um, named Paco mm-hmm. uh, that, that I met last year and he and his wife take me anywhere I want to go. And they're my interpreters and they, uh, they eat more food than I do, which is saying a lot. Yeah. And uh, so it's through them. I've gotten to meet some pretty special people.
0: I'm convinced that it was school cafeterias that invented the hard shell taco or something. Probably or, so. <laughs> or,
1: yeah.
0: or whoever, like the El Paso, uh, whoever makes those shells and right. sells them in the grocery right. store.
1: They're and easy I'm, not, to stack. I, I, I'm not saying they're bad. I mean, I eat, I no, like we all crispy up tacos. Up yeah, but I—it's just not a really authentic Mexican no. dish.
0: Which is your favorite region? Do you like Oaxaca with the moles? and? Uh, which, which I do love. Well,
1: you know, I don't really. Ha- I love Mexico City. I'll say that. And in in fact, if I if I had to leave the U.S., God forbid, I I would go to Mexico City. Um and, fun. and live there. It is fun. It is very cultural. The first time I went last year, you know, I went by myself and people, all my friends were like, "Yo, it's not safe. It has such a bad reputation. And that's such a, um, a misconception. There are of course, areas that are not safe, just like any city yeah. in the world. You just have to know and you have to be careful and be smart. And, um, so I hopefully did all those things and, and really grew to love Mexico city.
0: I did a whole bit on this in my comedy special that I went to Mexico City for 5 days and all my friends here were like don't go to Mexico City man I go why and they go, oh it's really you know a lot of crime and the air quality's mm-hmm. bad and the traffic and it's really spread out it's mm-hmm. hard to get around it's like yeah I live in Los Angeles Exactly you just <laughs> you just described every day of my life for right. 25 years it's like ooh is there a lot of mexican people there too I wonder what's that like I have no yeah. idea
1: <laughs> Right
0: yeah and so uh, yeah it's not it's not a big culture shock when you live in LA to go to, to go to Mexico. Right. So yeah, uh, and,
1: yeah. and it, it for me from little Tulsa, Oklahoma, it wasn't. Of course, I've been a lot of places, but yeah, it, it's a it's a beautiful city and a wonderful food. Not just Mexican food. I mean, some of the top chefs in the world. Oh yeah, um, are in Mexico City. The Michelin star um, James, I mean, just um, not James Beer, because that's U.S. But it, mm. it's it's a it's a Food mecca there, really.
0: And by great the way, place. for people listening, if you go to Mexico City, Uber is a godsend there. No, it's
1: it is true. Great <laughs> Ubers are wonderful, and I found that in many cities around yeah. the world, Uber Uber is a great.
0: When you're not arguing over around. cash, you know, you're not struggling mm-hmm. with cash, or when you're not right. uh, you know haggling over price, I mean, it's right. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. No, that's now you see why the cab drivers are trying to keep them out.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What's the craziest thing you've ever eaten that you were like, I can't believe I even ate that.
1: Okay. Well there I've eaten some really strange (laughs) things. Uh, And that is one thing I do not turn anything away. Um, Especially if the cook presents it to me, I am very respectful of, um, of, uh, well, of their, the, thought that they put into this and their traditions and all of that. Now, believe me, there have been some things that I just had to swallow hard and, (laughs) and my eyes watered and all of that, but I will always take a bite. Um, However, this was in Hong Kong and I was at a restaurant, a very high end restaurant and on the menu, it said bird's nest soup and oh, I've I, heard about this. Uh huh. So, well, I hadn't. <laughs> so I asked the server, "What is this?" And, Of course, he spoke um, in this very uh, uh, Chinese accent. Of course, <laughs> trying to speak, trying to explain it, and I could not understand at all what he was saying. And so I just said, "Okay, I'll, I'll order this now." Also, I had just arrived in the city, so I didn't have the conversion down for. Uh, how much things were cost on the menu.
0: And Hong Kong's already expensive.
1: Right. So I'm at this, so I eat it and I was there with my photographer and we, and I ordered two bowls. Okay. (laughs) So one for her, one for me and we eat it. And you know, it's, it's unusual, but it's not, it's, it was okay. I think we ate half of it because we had a lot of more food coming and it wasn't until the next day um, she actually looked it up. What is bird's nest soup? And then we discovered what we had eaten, and we all. I also discovered how much I had paid for it, which was a hundred dollars a bowl. <laughs> and, and what is it exactly? So it is now. I have to recall. There are is. A, I should have done my research before this because like <laughs> it's been a. It's been two years since this happened, but uh, birds, a, a particular bird regurgitates uh. into and and they do it in the nest and i hope i'm describing this correctly but so they actually harvest this stuff yes. oh yes this nest of stuff uh sp- sp- vomit basically is what it, or spit <laughs> up i'll say spit up and they dry it so they dry it. And so you when you go to the dry markets, you know, with all the dried fish and things in Hong Kong, you can purchase this bird's nest and it's very expensive and they rehydrate it and make it into a soup. And that's what bird's nest soup is <laughs> as well as I, that's, I hope I did that correct. I hope there's not some expert listening to this and saying she got that all wrong, but it's really, that's very close to what it was. Oh. Um, so that was one thing. <laughs> um, <that> I've had <laughs> and, and in Mexico, they eat, you know, of course, uh, uh, as well as a lot of other cultures, they eat every part of the animal. Yeah. And, um, there are parts of animals that I prefer not to eat. Yeah, um, one is the foot, a cow foot and it, the hoof. It's just, um, it's, it's chewy and gelatinous. And, um, I, didn't care for it at all. I had, that one was hard to swallow. Also. Yeah. Um, I'll so walk away maybe, if
0: something's like, I've, you know, if I hear something's like endangered or something, <laughs> I'll go, right. uh, I don't want to eat rhino or something, yeah. not, you know,
1: Agree. Or, Agree. I
0: draw the line yeah. of shark fin and things like mm-hmm. that. I just don't want to, I don't want to try whale.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think just, things I'm made out of with... blood. I don't like things made out of blood.
0: Yeah. You know, I get I'll, eat a,
1: I'll eat a juicy steak, which maybe that doesn't make any sense, but yeah. but. I don't want to eat something, but I have love. you done
0: the insects or anything in Asia? Oh, yes. Anything? Yes. Okay. And,
1: and those I like, I mean, I'll eat insects um, and larva, you know, that's a big thing. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll move on before okay. we pass out to people.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Um, so if there's something you get to these communities, how do they react to this American woman coming in and, you know, invading their mm-hmm. space and, you know and what? learning from them?
1: I have never had a negative reception ever. Um, you know, I, going back to, to respect, I'm very respectful. And I have learned that um, smiling is a, an international language, whether we can, you know, we may not be able to speak the yeah. same language. Unless you're in Russia. It, <laughs> I don't know. I'm no smiling. To no smiling. I've been to Russia and I loved it, actually, and, and met some night very nice people there. But um you know, how long, I how long you, did it
0: take for them to smile?
1: <laughs> well, that's that's. I yeah. really wasn't paying attention. Okay, oh, that, that was not a food. That was not a food focus right.
0: The smiles come later than that, right, right off the bat. Yeah.
1: But you know, as long as you're friendly and and really, and that's what I've learned they are, they are impressed that someone that uh, this American woman wants to learn from them. And, and, and they, sometimes I make lasting friendships with these people because we just connect And and the connection is food. Nearly always we have this love for food and I'm, I like to ask questions. I'm a very curious person and I ask a lot of questions and I think they, they honor that. So and I've never had anything but positive responses from people.
0: Well, a couple episodes ago I interviewed uh, David Moscow who's got a, you know, travel show um from scratch, you know, where he goes around and he uh basically eats with the locals and sees, you know, because food tells the history of a place, you know. Right. Uh the culture, who invaded it over the years, where people right. came from, the spice roots and everything like that but Mm -hmm. is also looking ahead to the future where, you know, some of these uh, places and and their way of lives are really in danger. Uh, Whether it's it's like, you know, they can't grow crops there anymore because the climate is changing or Mm -hmm. they're fishing everything out of the sea. I mean, have you come in face to face with this uh, in certain places where it's like, Oh man, they, they can't live like they used to live here.
1: Actually, I think one of the biggest, um, endangerments is the fact that young people don't want to carry on these traditions and so these you know the older folks who have um, the knowledge and the the skills and the you know whether it's farming or cooking or or whatever um, and they have the recipes from their ancestors and that yet they're you know the young people of today they don't care. Yeah. and you know they want to leave we'll go to the McDonald's farm. Yeah. right and so and that's that's one issue and then the other is is back to farming and i saw this in indonesia in bali in the rice fields and it's a problem in mexico too that takes a lot of of real estate to to grow rice and these farmers are being offered money from developers to and and you know they don't want to sell it but for the sake of their families, they need the money. And so that's another problem is farmland being developed.
0: And also, you know, people, you know, we, we put hamburgers all around the world, but beef is a very, you know, raising cattle takes up a lot of land and is really bad for the, for the, that's right. for the planet. Yeah, that's... And, and so they're hacking down forests to have more grazing right. land. And, you know, that's just, it can't last.
1: There's there's so just so many issues out there that um, that are you know preventing well what preventing changes, a lot of things, but that's another.
0: What changes would you like to see in America in terms of how we eat and what you see around here?
1: Ooh, well. <laughs>
0: Like you good know, ingredients, I'm sure.
1: It, 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 yes, good ingredients. And I have a number of friends and, and chefs that do a lot of farm to table. And I know that's a, a, a big trend right now that started, of course, with Alice Waters, really. Um, that, And I'm in favor of that. I am not a farm to table chef necessarily. And although I do, I do garden and I do shop farmers markets and I use as much as I can, but it's not a focus for me because I'm trying, my focus is uh, international ingredients and um, the stories behind these dishes that I create. And many of these dishes I'm using, you know, ingredients that I brought back from other countries, um, which I do a lot. And so that's not my focus. So I would say what I, in answer to your question, sorry, it took me a while to get there (laughs) um, is to teach people that other, um, other cultures and and foods from other places. And, And for me, my hope is that people become so entranced by this, for, for example, a meal that I prepare that's all Moroccan or all Indian and say, wow, I want to go there now. I didn't know. I had no idea it was this good. And I, I tell a story behind every dish and to be able to hear my stories and read them and to want to go to those places. So that's what I, I want to encourage people to travel just like you do um, and to do it a little differently um, don't just go to see the Eiffel Tower, but go to meet someone in France or go on the outskirts. Take a food tour. That's uh, that's one of my biggest um, um, tips for people traveling that they want to learn a city. Take a food tour. I've done a, I've done probably a hundred of them around the world, and even in the United States. You know, New York. Many of the big cities do food tours, and it's a great way not only to learn about their local food and ingredients, markets, but to learn the history of these neighborhoods that you're walking around. Uh, so, anyway, that there's my answer. That was
0: a- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now the fun stuff. What uh, are you, an aisle or a window person? A window. Window. Okay. Oh yeah. What, yeah
1: what's like- one
0: thing you can't fly with? Without. Can't fly without. Oh,
1: cannot fly without, um, <laughs> I get one.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Okay. <clears throat>
1: or a couple, um, whatever. Okay. Well, I cannot fly without, um, okay. Without my uh, Bluetooth speaker. Okay. I liked, I like music and I like to listen to things. So I always take a Bluetooth speaker.
0: All right. Uh, what do you have a, horrible flying story like your worst flight ever whether it's like lost bags or delays or turbulence you know or what? anything
1: i honestly do not wow uh, good the, for you i do i have been so lucky i i will if in in this isn't even close but when i was in hong kong is when uh covid had just begun the the pandemic had just begun Ooh,
0: and you were and you were close to ground zero there i
1: was very close <laughs> it the the streets were completely deserted. I saw Hong Kong in a way that no one else saw. It was completely deserted. And so I, uh, my flight to Dallas was canceled because they said, no, we're taking no more flights from China. And so I was on the last flight to the U.S., which went uh, to Chicago. So, it, you know, that's the only really stress that I've, yeah. real stress that I've been under. I've been a very lucky traveler.
0: Boy, that was, that must've been pretty wild. It was Imagine, you know, Hong Kong is so busy to see it Mm -hmm. empty. Yeah. That would be weird. It'd be so weird. It was
1: very weird. I went to (laughs) Macau, you know, Macau is is the The Vegas. Vegas. Yes. Same thing. Let me tell you, not one person on the streets. Uh, The hotel I stayed in, there were 10 of us, 10 people in this luxury hotel. And I remember thinking, this would never happen in the U S
0: you no. know, I can't,
1: I can't believe this is happening. And little did I know what we were in for. Here. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, so, uh, how about like, do you ever have to go to the hospital in a, in a foreign country? Do you ever have to bribe any police, uh,
1: border agents? You know, no, okay. I have, I'm not, I've not been sick. It really, I've been so lucky, but I, I think, you know, the question that most people ask in, relation to this is how do I get so much food back in my luggage? Because I Oh, they confiscated
0: stuff from me before. I lost pesto, the greatest pesto (laughs) coming back from Sicily because they took it. I didn't think about it.
1: They don't take anything from me. Let me tell you, I, last year I brought five kilos of dried chilies back from Oaxaca. I have brought chili powder and spices from india i will not try i will never bring meat back because that is illegal i don't bring anything illegal but i bring cheese um i bring all kinds of food back and i always report it on my customs form and every single time i have walked through and they ask what what is you know because they look at the form where it says i claim that I have food, and they say, what do you have? And I will list it out, just verbally tell them, and they say, welcome home. And I don't know if it's the way I look, that I just look like I wouldn't, you know, do something wrong, or, you know, I'm very, I, I, have, a, I have my method, you know, I walk through and I'm very friendly and I smile, but not once again, knock on wood. I should have had a big block of wood yeah. right here because I'm saying a lot of things on this program that, but I have never had anything confidence skated. Right. Yeah. I get I'm it. Guessing, all in. I'm
0: guessing a guy from Columbia coming in with, uh, and saying, Yeah, well, sure, you have quote unquote cheese in your mm-hmm. luggage.
1: Yeah.
0: So <laughs> do you, but do you get this through by, you have to check it, right? I mean, you can't bring some it. Some of
1: it. So, oh, both. I, some of it, I, um, uh, check and some of it i carry with me one time i brought about 20 pounds of cheese from france <laughs> and decided to carry it on it was all vacuum packed i put it in the overhead bin and of course it's a 12-hour flight oh when no I, did it start I to op- stink when i opened that oh my gosh it was the worst <laughs> smell it was terrible it was so embarrassing oh, i'm <laughs> sure
0: everybody loved you on that flight. <laughs> yeah or or yeah. at least you got to share it right how right. about um Wine. Have you ever tried to bring some back or do you are you a whiny or a wine? person?
1: Yes. Yes. I love wine. Um, I don't bring a lot back. I ship it back. And it's I hard don't to do. It. it is hard to do for one. I have actually I have a wine suitcase. You know, you can buy those suitcases, but I haven't used it a lot um, because if I truly love a wine, you know, if I'm at a winery or something, I will have them ship it and which has become very expensive, you know? Um, and so that's the problem there. So to be honest, um, I, I might bring back two bottles and I have those, you know, those blow up cases yeah, or yeah, yeah. B- bags for those. Um, I bring back, you know, olive oil and and pestos and things like that. And I just wrap it in clothes, you know, in my suitcase, but we have so many great wine options here in the U S um, and I don't, I'm not talking just, you know, U.S. made wines, but we can we can get some really good Italian wines here. And I I have enough friends that are in the business that can get me what I want that I don't really need to bring back wine necessarily. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you, you do it any of the uh, spirits? Like if you go to Sweden, you're going to get the vodka or Poland yes. or something like that? Yeah. Well, I
1: love whiskey. And so oh, I'll, you know, sometimes go. bring back uh, whiskey or port. Like when you go um, yeah. and, you know, keep, when you go to Portugal, make sure you take some of those bags. Cause you will want to bring some ba- uh, bottles of port, port okay. back with you. Yeah. Um, but I, I like a lot of things, a lot of different. <laughs> things. Yeah. All
0: right. So like, now you can get your plugs in. You can tell people where, where they can find you. And if someone wants to like hire you to throw right. a big dinner or something, where, where can they find you?
1: They can find me. I have a website called chefshannon.com. Mm-hmm. And on that website, I have a lot of my travel stories and I share all my recipes. So there are probably 150 recipes on there, uh, many of which will be in my book. And then on social media, it is Chef Shannon Smith. On both Instagram and Facebook.
0: So you haven't been like, uh, have you? Have you got on the TikTok thing or the YouTube or the whatever? I say it like okay. a ninety-year-old man. The, I know. The
1: YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel and I do have a TikTok channel, but you know, <laughs> that's it. Just takes so much time to it keep is a lot up with all of that. And you know, once the I keep, you know, my friends are like, "When is this damn book going to be done?" When you know, <laughs> because I just once the book is done, I will have more time. I think for that, even though I'm going to, you know, do a book tour and hopefully do some public speaking about it. Um, I hope to get into some more fun things. Um, I do, do, I do, um, a lot of video, which is now the thing you have to do, you know, even on Instagram, uh, because they're competing with TikTok so much. So, um, I have a photographer that I work with that has, is helping me with that, but, Gosh, it takes a lot of time.
0: <laughs> it does. It does. And, you know, it's we we were brought up in the in a different age of like, oh, you're going to go on TV. And it's like now nah, young people, they don't care about TV. They're going to be on on TikTok right? or, or YouTube or whatever no, it is. So it's, it's, true. it's not like that a big deal. I mean, if even like local TV looked out to you. And
1: oh, yeah, I'm on, on, on I'm on I'm uh, on quite a bit of local TV here in Tulsa. Yeah. And, you know, it. even even that. Um, you know, it's it, there's a certain demographic of people who watch, you know, local news, just like <laughs> yeah. there's a lo- a demographic for every single, you know, oh, yeah. media.
0: Yes, there uh,
1: is. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, most of uh, we in the analytics of my social media, I think it's mostly and I was surprised, actually, because I'm in my 50s and I was surprised that most of my followers are in their uh 30s and early 40s that surprised me because I thought it would be much older um, people that were interested but I but I have found that I have a lot of young even 20 in their 20s people that are and that are fascinated with what I do and I think it's you know I was talking to someone the other day and they said you know Shannon they look at your life and your because I do have an a, a fantastic life getting to travel and do what I do. And they want, they aspire to be able to do that someday. So I, I take that very seriously that I want to motivate and and inspire people to be able to travel and, and cook.
0: Well, living in LA, I'm envious of a backyard that can hold 30 people and seven grills because we can't, <laughs> we can't get that here.
1: That's why you have to come to <laughs> under Tulsa.
0: $5 million or whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, finally, what do you think all this, the travel you've done and everything you've learned and the places you've been, what has it taught you about yourself and people in general and how you look at the world?
1: That's a great question. You know, I, someone recently asked me, what is your second book going to be called? And I said, there won't be a second book. This is one has been so difficult. And she said, no, I want you to imagine if there were a second book, what's the title. And when I, it, very quickly, it came to me that it would be a children's book, and it would be titled How to Make Friends. Because that is a gift that I think I have, that I make friends very easily. And I have become very comfortable meeting people, meeting strangers and talking to strangers through my travels. And which is another thing i try to, to motivate people when they travel is to talk to local people or talk to other travelers, you know, go into, don't just sit in the corner, but sit at the bar in a restaurant where you're you're kind of forced to talk to people around you. I can't tell you how many people I've met that way. And to to not be that annoying American, and I'm am not saying we all are, but you know what I'm saying? Well there's plenty
0: about. of us. Oh, I know. And
1: it's and it's not just Americans, but you know, no. yeah. be respectful and and show an interest. And that's what I think attracts people to me is that they admire that I truly care about them. And so that's what I—that's what I've learned about myself—is that I have that ability to attract people, and that's what I encourage others to do: is to be comfortable enough to talk to a stranger. Well,
0: that's great. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it, and and thanks for uh, spending a day in hot Tulsa. I'm sure you're air conditioned there, so you're probably.
1: Um, we are. We have air conditioning <laughs> here. <laughs> We have water here too. Wow. So That's <laughs>
0: amazing. No, I always say that because I don't have air conditioning. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. Well, I li- yeah, well, it would be hard.
0: yeah, I live at the beach, so we don't really need it here. Right.
1: Well, I envy you. In as, ten years. In ten there. years
0: we might need it here, right. actually. There was a couple of well, weeks there last last month that we, we definitely needed it. Yeah. But um well,
1: Thank yeah, you thank so you. much. This has been a, a treat for me too. No, and thanks. I've, enjoy, I've, I've enjoyed listening to your um, to your podcast very much. You oh, have a lot you. of great guests and a lot of great information.
0: Thank you. And hopefully, we can meet when I get to uh, Tulsa. I hope so. I don't know much about it, so I'm gonna have well, to.
1: Well, I'm an i a self-appointed appointed ambassador for Tulsa. Oh, good. So I'd love to be your guide.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for doing this. And uh, I can't wait to read the cookbook. Thank you. Uh, Chef Shannon Smith, everyone.